Hey there, I'm Ashley, and this is New Day with Ashley. If you're looking for inspiration to make a difference and create lasting impact, then you're in the right place. Get ready to be encouraged by the stories of my guests who have taken risks, overcome challenges, and created opportunities. It's time to make the most of your new day. My guest today has a passion for solving problems through product development. Jim Newenhouse is the founder and CEO of Doorstead, a door installation tool that revolutionizes how builders, remodelers, and DIYers install pre-hung and slab doors. Although Jim did not grow up in a building construction or home improvement environment, he spent 30 plus years in product development, operations management, and engineering, with an emphasis on building construction, millwork, doors, and windows. Jim is passionate about supporting the building industry, finding innovative solutions, and producing quality products. Welcome to New Day with Ashley, Jim. Thank you. Yeah, nice to have you here. Jim Newenhouse yeah. uh, from the Doorstead. Mm-hmm. You're here to enlighten us. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll try to shine a little light on a couple of things. Yes. I feel like you are a wealth of knowledge, though. Oh, thank you. You really are. Yeah, you are, too. I mean, you've had a lot of experiences. That... Oh, well, thank you. Great experiences. This isn't isn't about me. (laughs) You're right. I'm sorry. This is about you, but I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Um, But let's go way back. Okay. You grew up on a farm. I did. In Minnesota. Northern Minnesota by Brainerd. Yeah. All right. And you learned what hard work was. You learned how to solve problems with limited resources. Um, Graduated, and then you went into the army. I took a little break. Went to Chicago for. Oh. Seven, eight months, then I went in the Army. Okay. Yeah. What was in Chicago? My grandparents lived there, had some friends from uh, grade school, because before we bought a farm, I lived on the suburb of Chicago, south side, until I was 11. Okay. And, and then, then you moved to Minnesota. And then my father was an over-the-road truck driver. He bought a farm in northern Minnesota, and we moved the whole kit and caboodle up there. Wow. Yeah. It was like city, country. It, opposite side of the coin. Wow. It was, it was really uh, an experience. Did he just want to slow down the pace of life, kind of? He he really got sick of the suburbs and the way the urban sprawl was going on in Chicago. And he just didn't feel good. My, both my parents didn't feel good about raising kids in that environment. Okay. And he had an opportunity to, as an over-the-road truck driver, you can drive from anywhere. So he said, let's let's go to where we vacationed. <laughs> that's what we did yeah yeah but then so did your dad have a farm your parents my my dad bought property and then uh, as a child he was a farmer and so we started to get into livestock and haying and crops and the whole works and so i worked for the neighbors and i worked on the family farm okay yeah excellent so and then so went back to chicago kind of visited that a little bit yeah had a hot dog stand did you in monroe park downtown and then I bust tables. Is that Nathan at night. Hot Dogs? Is that what the brand it was, is? It was Vienna Beef. Oh, sausage. there you go. Yeah, the the big Chicago style hot dog. Okay. Yeah. So everyone would come out of the buildings over lunch, and we'd make hot dogs for them. Okay. And they'd go back. Insurance companies and sure. Oh yeah, all the yeah. businesses down yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. So you did that for a little while. Six then I months, went you said, army. and then you went to the army. Yeah. Okay. Was that always the plan? Like I'm going into the army? No, it was never the plan, really. Um, <laughs> I thought I was gonna um, Run go this to hot dog stand forever. Well, I did. My dad really wanted me to farm, but I didn't want to. I wanted to do something on my own. Um, I just didn't know what it was. I was, I drew and painted and did a lot of 
uh, product development type stuff. I didn't know it was product development at the time. Sure. And so um, I just felt like I was on a dead end in Chicago and I was going to get in trouble if, if I didn't, you know, because it's hard at the time, it was hard to make money. And so jobs weren't plentiful like they are now. Sure. And so a lot of hustling. So I just thought about it and it's like, Military seems like a good venue. I mean, I have a place to stay. I'll get fed and I'll get some skills and I'll get money for college. And so I just decided to take that route and it was really a good choice. And how many years were you, did you serve? Uh, 23, uh, but not 23 like you'd traditionally think because I got out a couple of times um, because we moved. Sure. Uh, So I only had 17 good years, but I did. um, I went from enlisted to an officer and... um, had a real good experience. Was deployed once. And okay. And so. what? At what point during that time did you go to college? Then. So I went on active duty for two years initially. Okay. Got off active duty, went to college, joined the Army Reserve, went back on active duty for almost two years. And when you went to college, where did you go? I started at Bemidji State. Okay. And then I graduated from the University of Minnesota. Okay. In Minneapolis. Yeah. And you knew then you liked doing things with your hands, kind of making things. I did, yeah. So engineering? Engineering and design. And design, yeah. product design. Yeah. Um, and so that just inspiration came from? Well, it was real interesting. So at the time when I started at Bemidji State, um, it was a long time ago, uh, that's <laughs> that's when CAD, computer-aided drafting and yeah. design, came out. It was actually started then, Okay. Autodesk. And so the instructor of our our drafting class said, hey, we've got this thing called CAD and we don't know how to use it. If anybody wants to work on it, I raised my hand. I said, I'll work on it. So I learned the program and then I helped the instructors teach the class by showing how everything works. Okay. And so that's how I got into CAD and that kind of launched me into a whole nother section of design because our society is completely switched from drawing on a board and paper to electronic digital formatting and so it changed really transformed the industry so i actually started out in product development helping companies transition from boards to cad oh that was my first yeah you know that's how my toe in the door so to speak okay so how about then after college is that after college i started working for a couple of companies in r&d i went on internships when i was in college and then one of those internship companies hired me okay so that's the beginning of it Okay. Yeah. Was that um, near the U of M then? It was. It was uh, Minnesota Engineering and Design um, okay. down by Edina and Eden Prairie. Yep. I'm uh, sure they were thrilled. Some... You knew how to use CAD. Right. I, I converted them to to CAD from boards. Sure. And it was kind of an awkward situation because the old guys on CAD or on boards like, no, we don't want to learn that. Sure. You know, but yeah. all the but all the young guys said, yeah, we'll learn it, and so there was. When I left, it was like 50-50. Right. Yeah. yeah. And now it's all. Yeah. Now everyone's, you don't see anybody digital. on boards anymore. Right. Yeah. No. Um, and then you spent the next, what, 30 years? Yeah. Going from uh, company to company. Yeah. Um, didn't really think I was going from company to company at the time, but it ended up going that way because um, I helped convert that company and then I got into... Um, Plastics at the time, plastics were taken off. So a lot of companies, I I went to work for an injection molding, blow molding plastics company. 
So you'd help develop those molds? Or? Molds and designs product for like Colgate, Palmolive, Amway, oh. um, uh, soft soap. Sure. I did, I did soap bottle design, which you think, wow, how boring is that? But I mean, I think it's interesting. Like who knew that that was a job? Yeah. That is a job. Yeah. It's like eye catching every product in the store is made by someone. <laughs> someone, right? Right. Yeah. And so it all goes back to color and design. And so it's like you have to capture someone's attention with color and design to get them to look at what it is that you're doing and and placement, you know, the marketing thing, placement, price, right. product, And then I'm sure promotion. the size of the product of how much you can get in there, volume. Right. And so I started d- designing products then uh, with CAD and freehand. And then I got into the window and door category. So it's profile design. So just kind of climbing a ladder, yep. essentially. Yeah, I, I was trying to get um, experience in all segments of industry so that it didn't matter which segment I, that needed help, I could go to any segment. Okay. So I got diversification with there. CAD and with different products. Right. So, yeah. so then windows and doors, mm-hmm. you spent, um, was it a majority then, would you say, of your career? Yeah, I, I started in windows and doors uh, serious engineering in windows and doors, and I went and ended up going on the plant floor, okay, and and helping manufacturing and build because I knew a lot about how things went together, and so then got into the people side operations, and because of my military experience with leadership, I ended up getting promoted to a operations a management position, okay, and so that kind of just kept going that way, right, <laughs> which was. A lot of fun because you get a lot of energy from people and helping solve problems. And so I got the best of both worlds. I get to see lots of things and travel and learn a lot and help a lot of companies. It was fun. And still, yeah, be able to do all the things that you enjoy and are passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of hands-on. But then you also started, because you don't sit still, so then you start a side hustle because you have a bunch of extra time. Yeah, my, my kids, uh, after they grew <laughs> up and started to leave. Okay, uh, so this I'm, is, how many years ago was that then? That was uh, 2014, 15. Okay, you started rate. side hustle. Yeah, I started hanging doors. Okay. Because I knew quite a bit about doors. It was called doors. the doorman? Yeah, the doorman. Okay. Yeah, it was a, an idea that I had uh, actually back in St. Cloud where when they build a house, they usually trim the jams out with finished you know, like you have in this office here, finished oak mm-hmm. or maple or whatever. And then the door is usually a hollow core door, white. And so the homeowner has the option then to swap those doors out and put in the same color style and rail door if they wanted to. Okay. And so since a lot of builders do that, I thought it was an opportunity to upgrade people's homes with nice, you know, rich hardwood doors. Sure. And so I started to solicit people to do that, and I got enough people interested that it started a little side hustle business. So I was doing that at night and on the weekends. So would you sell them the door or the service? I'd just sell the service, replacing the slab doors. Okay. Yeah. And so I'd machine them according to the hinge placement, and then I'd fit them, make sure that everything was working, and I'd finish them. Okay. And a lot of times I ended up by myself, which got me to think about, I need help with this. Yeah. This sucks. (laughs) So I came up with the door stud concept and I started to do prototypes. 
Okay. And so I, I built a couple of prototypes and they worked. And yeah, explain. So now like your current company is called The Door Stud. Yes. And it, so it is a product that helps you hang a door. Yeah. So I, I came up with the doorman and then I had, I when I came up with the Door Stud idea, I didn't have a name at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was just using the product and carpenters used to see it locally. And they were like, where'd you get that? And I'm like, well, I developed it and they wanted to buy it. And I was like, well, it's not for sale. <laughs> this is mine. It's just for me because <laughs> I was solving my own problem. And then I went online. Because you could and, be still a one-man show. Yeah, I was still a one-man show. And, and I was happy and everything was fine. And I started to look for products like that online so I could maybe just buy that if it was better. Sure. I couldn't find anything. And so then I applied for a grant through the state when I was doing my MBA at NDSU. And um, and so what year is this now? This is uh, 1718. Okay. And I got the grant. And so then I used, that was $25,000. Okay. And at the time you had to spend the money to get the money. So I had to show receipts for the investment and then I got reimbursed. Okay. And so I used that for tooling to develop the door stud baseline tooling. And then that gave me the ability to actually put it in stores. So I went to Acme Tool locally. Sure. About eight times. <laughs> <laughs> and then they finally uh, listened to me and, and said they'd like me to come up to Grand Forks to the headquarters and, and show them the product. And I went up there and I secured a PO for okay. 40 units for the store here in Fargo and in the store in Grand Forks. And then I went to some shows um, like open house shows. And now, during this whole time, do you still have another job? Yeah, I'm working at Marvin. Okay. As a director of R&D there. Okay. Yeah. So this is now like the new side hustle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I really didn't think, I mean, I thought I'd sell a couple, you know, but I didn't really think of uh, the scale in which I'm at now and trying to really make it, you know, a household name or a carpenter's tool um, like it's turned out. So... It was kind of a crawl, walk, run thing where you sp- it's it's I don't want to say it's like gambling, but it is a little bit like gambling because every time you up your game, you have to invest more money, and every time you invest more money, you're taking a bigger risk mm-hmm. because it's if if you don't have it in your pocket, you're borrowing it, or sure. you're looking for investors, and so then I needed some help if I was going to scale because I started to get orders. And so that I needed money to make them. Right. <laughs> and so it became this cat and mouse game. And who was, was there someone making them for you then? I was making them myself. So okay. I, I had the tooling to stamp them and I'd get the raw materials in and then I'd just do it. I had a shop uh, at the airport. A buddy of mine has a hanger out there and I used a little space in his shop for a short period of time to put them together. It's kind of like doing it in your garage, but... Not my home garage. Right, yeah. yeah. A little separation. Yeah, yeah. so, so I, was, I was doing it like that until the volume got to be too much. And I, I really needed to find a co-packer. That's what they're called. Mm-hmm. So I tried a couple of different places until I ended up where I'm at now with Assembly Systems. Okay. Who's my co-packer in town here in Fargo. Yeah, so wow. A lot has happened in kind of a short period of time. Right. It just kind of slowly escalated, and that took me to a spot of, trying to do it full-time. So I, I decided to just do that and consult on the side full-time. Okay. And so that's so where I'm at So was that today. a big risk or? Well, yeah, I mean, I had a good job and um, liked it. Mm-hmm. And 
um, the the doorstep opportunity was was much the same. I was just on my own. So the difference is, you, you know, you don't really, you don't look left and right and see coworkers or yeah, it's kind of lonely. You don't say, "Can I get some help?" <laughs> yeah, no one really cares <laughs> when you're sitting by yourself and doing it by yourself. No one really cares about your success, you know, or failure or failure. Yeah, it's, it's so. You just have to, it's bootstrapping, mm-hmm. you know, and so. And how many like product, I guess, um, prototypes did it take to get yeah, where you're that's at? a good question. You know, so, any idea? Yeah, so I'm on 42 now. Okay. But it took 35 to launch. Okay. So it's called proof of concept. So I took what I would say version 28 or 29 and the tooling was built around that version and then. I locked the design down and then I just made other changes. Sure, just just to refine here. it. Yeah. yeah. That's how I got to 35. So, um, yeah, so I, you have to continue to have innovation and product evolution. The problem with that is if you keep doing that, you're going to hurt yourself on selling it because you need to build up inventory to sell it. Sure, and so yeah, you, you can't can, keep changing it. Yeah, you got to kind of stop. It's the innovator's dilemma, right? It's like... <laughs> When do you stop? Right. When and, is it? Yeah. So I stopped. Good to go now. Okay. I stopped. Watch a lot of Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And they told you, you got to stop at some point. Well, to they launch. usually criticize people for not stopping. Okay. Yeah. You're a entrepreneur or whatever they say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so some good feedback. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess talking about failures, any big failures that have helped get you to where you are now? And we should talk probably about the success. Yeah. Too. I would say all successes are built on the bedrock of failure. (laughs) And so it's like, if you're not willing to do it, to fail, it's going to be hard to succeed. And so the idea in product development is fail often and fail fast. Mm -hmm. So you you want to build something that you think will work. But if it doesn't, you need to know why and then you need to pivot. And so I went through that process on my own. I, I did that through industry quite a lot, but in this case, I had to do it on my own. And right. so it's expensive because you have to buy the parts to build the prototype to fail with it, meaning it's garbage, and you right. can't probably use it again. And then you have to do that all over again, and you got to keep doing that. And you got to have the, I guess, the money and time to be able to not die in the yeah. process of doing that. Well, I imagine, like, the patience and the, like, perseverance of, like, mm-hmm. Okay, how many times can I fall before I don't want to get back up? Right. And I was worried about what it was going to take me to make it, price, cost, and if anyone would buy it. Sure. You know, because without demand, you don't have anything. (laughs) But I think that's like a very important point of like you also did the work Mm -hmm. knowing, hey, this thing has saved me a ton of time. It would save other people labor hours, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, having a second person. Correct. Um, so And safety. Yeah. Usually when you hang a door, the traditional way you carry that door in. So you're, I right. guess, taking a risk carrying it because you could get hurt carrying it because it's heavy. Right. And then when you set it down, it's usually finished. And so you risk damaging the door when you set it down, and then you whatever you set it, usually you lean it against the wall. 
Sure. Now so, you hurt the wall. Yeah. So there's three things that can get hurt there. <laughs> yeah. Your back, the wall, the door. And so that became the features and options of of how I marketed it and sold it. It's like, save your back, save the door, and save the wall from injury while doing it quicker by yourself. So it's kind of an easy... And now you even do like commercial size doors. Yes. We have two products now. A heavy product, which does uh, doors up to around four or 500 pounds. And then uh, the, the, the Pro, it's called, Pro Series. And that does up to 300 pounds. Wow. So... Uh, a lot of doors don't weigh that much, but you needed to have. So I took it over to NDSU and to their engineering lab and had it tested. Okay. So for weight and for weight, mm-hmm. yeah, stress and you take it to failure, so you you see where it starts to tense and want to spring, hmm. and then you see the point where it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, I did that so, in a tech ed class in eighth grade. You did. We built bridges. Oh, out of like. Sure sticks right popsicle sticks yeah or my dad helped me because he was construction manager awesome and uh then, yeah they they tested for yeah. the weight your, your bridge was yeah. this strong yeah so what did they put on there i have no idea it Cans went into a whole like thing there was like a no it was like a machine oh oh yeah an mts probably it's yeah probably testing. just yeah, yeah. square yeah. yeah anyway yeah so i don't know all about that no, but no, no. i have a small you have little a concept yeah idea that, of what exactly it looked what like it was. um so now, so you your first purchase order forty, yeah. So now I don't know if you can share numbers, but like, how many do you sell a month? Or yeah, so it was a kind I of a crawl, walk, run thing again. So I needed to get in the market. Well, Acme put it on Amazon, unbeknownst to me. And this was like twenty eighteen again. Yeah, twenty eighteen is when okay. things started to happen. Okay. So the first year I call proof of concept. So twenty eighteen. I literally thought like I'd it would live and die. <laughs> you know, it would go through a cycle where either it would get momentum and stature and staying power or it would fail. And so I said, Well, I wonder how long this is gonna take. So I had to find a price point. So I went to local carpenters to find out I knew how much it cost me to make. I knew what profit margin I needed to survive and so I wanted to know if the price point was fair according to the car- carpenter's point of view. Okay. And so I solicited that from about 10 different um, people that uh, were honest. And so to a painful <laughs> Just, point yeah. of honesty. And That's so, important, yeah. So I equated the value of what I'm offering to a screw gun and a spare battery set for like a power, power driver, a screw gun, like carpenters use all the time. Yeah. And so that's around 250 to $300, which is where my price is now okay. and where it's been the whole time. And uh, it's a value proposition. So you buy it. It takes about one house job for you to make your money back because you're doing it by yourself. You're not doing it with another person. You're doing it faster. You're doing it risk-free. And so it changes the way you put doors in. Right. And so if if you're open to seeing that, because mm-hmm. some of the, the more seasoned guys, I don't need well, that. Well, like CAD, know. they want to exactly. do it on paper. <laughs> yeah, it's a good parallel. So I was able to convince enough folks that it was worth a try, and it just started to get momentum. So I was selling, you know, say let's say one or two a week or five a week or something like that. And now I'm, you know, I could have, you know, 40, 50 unit days. 
Sure. And so it just started to grow. And so I needed to get into markets. We were able to touch a lot of markets with Amazon. And then we started to partner with larger organizations like Do It Best Hardware, like Acme. And so it ended up meeting the needs of a lot of different folks that I never expected, like um, locksmiths, flooring people, painters, not just carpenters. Right. And then people started to use it for other things like moving sheetrock or OSB or countertops. Countertops, yeah. And so we started to develop a custom line. So if someone called and said, hey, I have this to move. It weighs 600 pounds. It's this thick and this wide. It looks like a piano. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Say, could you develop something for that? Mm -hmm. I said, sure. So I'll do a one-off and sell it, you know, Hmm. independently. So we do custom units as well. Wow. And so we... We've sold around lifetime, probably close to 14,000 pair. Wow. And um, lifetime sales, probably close to 3 million. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of a crawl, walk, run, growth thing for since 18. Yeah. So, so through that process so far, any like me, I mean, a challenge was probably getting it developed in the first place, mm-hmm. but now to be able to scale that. Yeah, so I, I had to go. I have a couple of um, baseline metal cutting and stamping organizations supporting us. So I have I'm too deep on each product line. So I find I found two different houses oh. to spend tooling with to have a backup. That's and, yeah, really and then, smart. <laughs> contingency planning. <laughs> yeah. And then if I have volume, um, I'm not relying on one source because COVID really pushed the industry to a different spot. Um How so? and me too. Well, labor's become scarce. And so that kind of swings into helping sales for me because it's right. a one person product. But it made materials higher. And it shrunk my margins without a price increase. So I had to increase my prices a little bit to be competitive and to survive. Right. And so it's, it was a seesaw thing where you had to do all this give and take to to stay in the market and to stay alive. Right. And so we survived the storm there. And so we're back going to shows again. I had to stop going to shows because they shut the... In 2020, just after IBS, they shut down all the shows. Okay, and IBS is the International Builder Show. Yep, and that just finished. We just got yeah. back from that. Yeah, so. you had some exciting news there. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Did not expect to have happen. So you guys got uh, the best in the window and door category? Correct. And best in show overall? Yes, correct. I'm and both. this was like a huge show. Yeah, there were... International. Yeah, International Builder shows. Like For this year, it was a record... I believe it was like 120,000 people attended because they had the hardware show and, and kitchen, uh, kitchen and bath, and bath show yeah. in the same venue, close proximity. So it drew a crowd. IBS usually gets like 70 to 80,000 people. Okay, wow. And so that, so COVID's done, right? So, or right. at least people reduced. People are back. People are back out. Um, show attendance was really good. Exhibitors were good. There was over 2,000 exhibitors and then, uh, we were entered into a, a category of um, competition for products, so um, you have the option of doing that. So I figured, why not ask sure. to be compared to other products and categories so that I could see where we stood. And so we entered the window and door category. 
And as you said, we won that. Yeah. Um, so they came Congratulations. by. Yeah, thank you. It was uh, it was surreal. Yeah. I mean, I didn't expect to win. I was honored to be nominated uh, top four in the category. And the judges had come around to the booths and talked to everybody. And they said, you should come to the award show because <laughs> you won the window and door category. So I was, I was tickled to do that. And so... And and they told us, too, that we'd be entered into the best in show, which I, I didn't know at the time. Sure. And so that's all categories. And so we won them wow. both. And I was like, I was speechless. It was, it was crazy. I've been going to that show for over 30 years. And um, to get that kind of honor, I was humbled, really. Yeah, you're going really. up against all these big yeah, players. GE and all the major window companies. Right. Yeah, all these new products and innovations and... And, and what so, you said, you had a 10 by 10 booth. Yeah, 10 by 10 you know? booth. Just so, a little, little booth. Which is awesome. And, yeah, and I was there and I saw you. Yeah. You guys had a great booth. and Thank you. Very cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I feel like, okay, you've been at this for a while. And now, like, it's all even just beginning, too. Like, this whole new chapter is coming. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's amazing. I mean, every time you think you... <laughs> got over a hurdle you look up and there's like oh there's there's some really big hurdles in front sure. of me <laughs> but you keep doing it right because mm-hmm. it's so fun you get a lot of energy from it i love thank you for stopping by the booth by the way and, yeah. and attending um i love to see folks from where we're from and i love seeing folks in the industry that are trying to solve problems because that's that's what our product's about mm-hmm. solving a problem and so when you can rub elbows and and swap stories with folks that are struggling with reasons and issues. And it's just fun to know that you're helping people and it gives you a chance to give back in more than one way. So we try to give back through supporting agencies or groups in need, Mm -hmm. aside from just the building and construction industry, which is always, you know, it's always been around (laughs) because people need places to go and live. Right. And so, and veterans too. And veterans too, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we support Gallant Few, uh, aside from the building industry, and then we just started uh, doing um, some outreach support to other places like um, cancer-based, uh, St. Jude type, oh. active, you know, mm-hmm. uh, folks that end up in situations that they yeah. don't purposely go to, right? Um, just out of a life experience, so. I think um, we all have gifts that we're born with, um, and I like to think of of taking our gifts and turning those gifts into good things for other folks that are in need, yeah. uh, without without bias or reason. Just you know, how can you help other people? Because mm-hmm. as you get to a certain point in life, you know, how much money do you need to make, or you know, what is it that that's gonna you know put a ribbon on your box or whatever. Right. And so um, I've been fortunate, had a great run and industry, and I'm fortunate enough to think it's something that solves a problem. And so I think it's awesome to think that it's helping people in more than one way. Yeah. So that's our kind of our story. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. Thank you. I'm sure your brain, because you're wired this way, you just keep thinking too of things. I do. (laughs) Yeah, problems. So what what holds you back or keeps you... Okay, we're going to continue this product that we're developing now and just continue to grow this instead of like, but I want to do this. You kind of get slapped with reality. Okay. Um, 
So it's not ADD type stuff, but it's like <laughs> there's energy behind new stuff and trying new things. And so I have to pull, I have to pull myself back. And then the, the people that I've surrounded myself with now, I try to find people that are, are better than I am at almost everything so that I can go to them <laughs> to help me because I can only do so many things and I'm certainly not the best at it. So I want to seek other people's advice to be critical of the ideas Sure. and in other areas like in marketing, like you and I've talked a yeah. little bit about that. And so, yeah, so I, I'm always trying to find people that are really successful in their area to help be critical of us going in those directions. And so to, to run a business, you, you need people from all walks, you know, you mm-hmm. got to be able to do finance, you got to be able to do marketing, you got to be so able to... So how has your team grown then? Well, I have one other person yep. um, that works with me on a daily basis. Which uh, I, think, I think is kind of amazing that you've been able to stay like so lean with a team. Yeah. So the idea behind the business that I, the concept I had was virtual business which is kind of my own, just, I just made that up, but it's kind of like, how can you trademark that? Can, yeah. <laughs> can you run a company by contracting out all the work and still make money? And so that would say yes, since, because since, less overhead too. Yeah. So each of those entities does their part. And of course you pay them and um, you negotiate that. And so you try to get good, a good price for what you're or a good value for the price you're paying. And so if you can do that profitably, I thought that would be awesome because I could keep going by myself because of the scarcity of labor. Um, But I've, I found another person that I worked with at Marvin that was doing something on his own and we just ran into each other getting coffee one day and he's like, Hey, let's, uh, let's get together and see if we can't help each other with some of this other stuff. Sure. So we did and just gave it time and, we ended up not leaving, so <laughs> had to that's start, great. Had to start paying them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like if you're gonna stick around, you're gonna have to pay us. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, we try to take very little, uh, put a lot back in to the business, but now we're big enough that um, we can afford some salaries, and and so it's been able to to grow mm-hmm. organically with really good support from those those individuals and businesses that we've done partnerships with. And so now from the show with these, this recognition, we've gotten a lot of attention from Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and now TikTok, which I never, and YouTube, all these different. And then we've also partnered with some really cool folks like Matt Reisinger, a Reisinger build out of Austin, Texas. Some influencers. Yeah. Yeah, influencer market, which I didn't know anything about when I started, but yeah, there's these people there's people in the in the economy that all they do is go around trying things out and putting it on YouTube. That's a cool job. It is a cool job. <laughs> yeah, like I never thought you could make money doing something like yeah. that. Yeah. And so they grabbed our product and tried our product and it's not biased. I mean you're getting good objective right, feedback, getting... even if it's negative. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. And so it's helped us Probably refine good. the product, the negative feedback, because, you know, I don't like this feature, this option on it. If it only did this, then I might use it or whatever. So we've tried to listen to that feedback and use it to our advantage. So how quickly can you respond to something like that then? 
we'll have some really smart, capable people locally that I can go to and, you know, I could, you know, leave here, go to one of those locations, draw something on a piece of paper, cut some metal, bend some metal, weld some metal, and try it this afternoon. Wow. So it's like, if you can turn things that fast, yeah, which is really hard because when people have an idea, they're like, okay, what do I do? Yeah, where do I start? Yeah. So I've, because of that, I've helped a lot of small businesses because I started at the incubator at NDSU. And so uh, the, the people that run that have sent people with the same struggle that I had starting to be a sounding board mm-hmm. and just sit and look at their idea or their concept and I originally met you to help me design that's, that's something. That's correct. <laughs> I just yeah. thought of that. I'm like, that's right. I forgot about that. You were going to help me develop a scoop for my protein bites. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We were talking about a manufacturing process. Yeah. So just like that, mm-hmm. you know, I'll sit and listen and uh, give my perspective and then uh, see where it goes. If they need more help, well, I'll help them more. It's all just give back. I, I don't charge. It's just all that relationship building. Yeah. Yeah. Because I need help and people help me. So then, how about like, you know, because it seems like intimidating to a person, or maybe just myself. um, I think I'm not alone. Of like, how would I start to develop a product? Then what about a patent? Yeah, things like that. Is that a difficult process? It can be. It can be intimidating, or um, daunting. I guess. Sure. Um, There's so much to sort out. Or do you get turned down? Yeah, so the the best thing I the best way to explain that is like ideas are like secrets that no one else knows. And so if you don't tell anybody the secret, obviously they won't know it. <laughs> but you gotta try it to figure it out and test it without giving it away. Sure. And that's where patents come in. Okay. Now a patent's only good if you're going to defend it. Because if you're not gonna defend it then you probably shouldn't waste the money doing it. And you can get around that. Like trade secrets would be like a formulation like of a KFC's a gravy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> or the leaven herbs and spices or whatever yeah. he said. Dot's pretzel seasoning. Dot's pretzel seasoning. Yeah. Yeah, or Coca-Cola or whatever. Well, if you have a product like mine, there's no recipe, but it's design. Right. And so I did do a patent application for both utility and design and some of the prior art um, someone did like 30 40 years ago so I couldn't really patent the same particular concept and idea so I went down the road of doing trademark protection oh, okay so kind of like Yeti or Kleenex or Q-tip or if you think sure. of those products the brand ended up taking over the name and so I figured if I just stuck to my guns on the idea and and started to sell the idea would i have a competition problem or not sure. well i started to do the math on doors so i had this at ibs little card that i handed out to people that came in the booth and it was like so here i'll take you through it so i was like <laughs> how many how many doors do you think are in your house 10 okay so average house has 15. anywhere from 10 to 25 depending okay. on how big the house is then I used to go down the road, or I did after that question, how many doors are in your place of business, do you think? And so they, yeah. they'd say, I don't know, 100, 150 or whatever, depending on where they work. And so then I, I asked the question, how many doors 
are in the United States or the world, would you guess? Now that kind of sets people back because they start thinking about doors. and, and it's, How many houses are there, buildings? Yeah. Yeah. So there are over 42 billion doors in the world. Wow. And I didn't go count them. I, I just... <laughs> I just went to develop nations <laughs> yeah. and I went to infrastructure and I, and I, you know, did some math that way. Sure. So 42 billion, 42 billion. Okay. Yeah. That, that's in the U S no, the, oh, on the, the planet. Okay. Yeah. And develop nations. So, uh, they started around King Solomon's temple time. Sure. So it was like BC, AD. Okay. You know. Yeah. So I'd say, okay, so for 2000 years, <laughs> we've, we've amassed, 42 billion doors on the planet for security, safety, and privacy. I mean, you have doors to separate rooms and to enclose a dwelling as ports of entry and exit. Right. <laughs> That's why they're there, right? And so how many doors change every year? New construction or remodeling and replace. 8 to 12 million or 8 to 12 billion change. So either new... Structures built, yeah. or remodeled and replaced structures. And so when I did that, I figured that I could stand a little competition <laughs> with my product because sure. there's plenty of opportunity. It's abundant. Right. right? Abund abundant mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Abundant mindset. And so someone that I respect a lot taught me an abundant mindset when I started my career. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know what? There's plenty of food for everybody here. I'm not we'll going I'm not going to worry about having enough work. So that's the road we took. And so Awesome. And I use that as a trivia question at the shows and then I'll give somebody like a tchotchke, a hat, a pizza cutter t-shirt or something like that. Sure. Just for stopping by and asking the question. Okay. And then we usually do a discount code too. So if you go to the website and try to buy it, you'll get like this time I think we did 20 25% off okay. the product. So Very that's cool. a good And you have some good shows coming up too so yeah. you know what else is on the horizon for you now i'm actually leaving uh the second of march to australia okay um so this is a whole new market then for you we sell globally okay we've sold to 28 countries in the world so <laughs> is this a challenge of uh how do you get them there there's a couple of challenges actually how you get them there the duties are vat tax and then um Metric. The metric conversion. Sure. So we've developed a product to address that. Okay. And so we have, it's called an infinite size. So inside of a certain range, you can move the product down to adapt to whatever thickness door you have. Okay. So in the U.S., it's predominantly, like the Pro Series addresses an inch and three quarters to an inch and three eighths. Those are the common sizes of doors. And then for commercial, it's inch and three quarter to two and a quarter. And then custom units go above that. So the metric falls inside of that range. Mm -hmm. And so we have a system that addresses that. So hmm. you have to adjust the taxes. You have to adjust yeah. the sizes. And then, of course, the freight and everything else associated with it. So sure. we've just been selling them through our website or on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And then um, now we're getting partners globally that want to do business and so like the australia trip yeah the australia okay. trip we've got a couple of large companies over there that um like bunnings is the home depot of oh, okay of that australia. country yeah. yeah wow and they're all over europe okay. and so um and then we're we've sold quite a few to the uk so we might end up in london 
in November as well. Okay. So we're doing the Australia one, and then we're coming back to the U.S., and I'm going to Providence, Rhode Island for the JLC show. And then we're going to the Skills USA, which is all the educational institutions that teach carpentry. There's a competition in Atlanta in June. Oh. So we're going to go to that because we've had some schools um, inquire. And so we do a student discount sure. <laughs> and supply young builders um, products, which is a great place to start, you know, because you get it in the young minds and then they bring it to the job site. Right. And then they're the um, forward thinkers out of the box. Right. Yep. So um, then we have the maintenance show, a facilities maintenance show that's in Denver this year in the fall. So all these different types of industries. Every place there's doors. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, is, whether it's maintenance, whether it's building, what, yeah, just mm-hmm. interesting that yeah. you can reach those. Yeah, so that that's you know really taking a lot of time and effort and money. So we've had to develop a way to show the product, and um, people have people interact with it because it's a demonstrable product. You have to demonstrate it to right. see what it's for, or how to use it. If you just see it sitting on a store shelf, you might not understand what it is. And right. so that we've got these new video books that we use, these little pamphlets that are really cool. I should have had you bring it here. And you could, I should no. I should have <laughs> no. brought it. <laughs> but I'll, I'll play a little video of it yeah, or show an really image cool. of it. And we stuff discovered too. that at yeah. a show. And so we use those to show people the product um, in the store. And then they get a really quick understanding and, and they can identify with how it could help them. Mm-hmm. So. so did you ever picture that this is would be – the trajectory of where you're going? Not not initially. I guess you kind of dream, you know, sure. and say, wow, this would be cool. That'd if. be cool if, yeah. yeah. But you're also kind of realistic and think, you know, this could have a short life. Well, this helps me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm glad I have this to help me. But. So it's just open. I've mm-hmm. just been open to it. It's like, yeah. okay, universe, <laughs> what what's going to happen? I don't know, but I'm willing but to. But I'm ready for it. I'm going to all, all in in the middle here. I'm going to put my chips in the middle and yeah. take a shot. Very it's cool. been a blast. I've had a lot of fun with it. Learned a ton. So, so. what would you say, um, give one piece of advice or encouragement to someone who, you know, whether it's an idea they have, a passion they have, and they want to go out and start a company or launch a product? Yeah, so I'd say... Don't be afraid to take your idea full circle. And if it's worth thinking of, it's worth spending a little on. And so it, it's not hard to get a prototype or concept any longer because there's so many. You've seen people with um, 3D printing all over the place now. You can go just about anywhere and have that done. So you need a physical 3D model of what it is that your idea, if it's a product. And then... Test it and say, does it work? And, and if it works, ask people questions about would this be of value to solve this problem? If you're, if you're open and vulnerable enough to, to get, receive that get, feedback. <laughs> yeah, get shot out of the sky, <laughs> so to speak. Um, you'll get good feedback. And if you got something there that's worth spending a little bit more effort on, you could have it. You could have something that people need. So in, invest in yourself, you know, yeah. don't, don't quit. Awesome. S- stay in the fight, invest in yourself. And it might take 42 yeah. different <laughs> who knows? models, yeah, who you knows? know. Who knows how many times it'll take, but you're going to hang 
just hang time or or stick with it. Um, you you ever listen to that um, that guy that that does the show uh, Family Feud? Okay, yeah. What's his Steve name? Harvey. Steve Harvey. Yeah. He does this jump video about taking a risk and believing in yourself. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. No matter what, if 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 you're gonna fly, you gotta jump. At you some might, point, you might get hurt, <laughs> but if you're there's willing, a risk. Yeah, there's a risk. There's a reward. Yeah, you yeah. got to be willing to jump, and if and if you are, then there's no limit to what you could potentially do with it. It's it's in between your ears. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jim. Thanks for sharing your story. Thank you. Um, story with, you know, personal story, being mm-hmm. open and vulnerable, and, yeah. and sharing about. Uh, some of the challenges that it's taken and but also um congratulations on all the success you've had thank you and continue to have and i think like this is a whole new chapter is is starting here it is um, yeah it's or crazy. continuing continuing so um, hopefully thank not you for, the last one <laughs> <laughs> no no um but yeah just thank you for um even your wisdom on on this you know this is so interesting and intriguing i think of what you've built and yeah, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you asking me. It's fun to give back. And um, our relationship's grown a lot over yeah. over the years, uh, sharing ideas and stories. So it was fun to be on. And thanks for having me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a great episode. Thank you so much for joining me. It's always so inspiring sharing these stories. Remember to like and subscribe. I would love if you could leave me a five-star review. This helps us reach and engage with more people. Join me next week. And until then, make the most of your new day.